Welcome to the Birmingham Litfest Presents podcast series, as taken over by the Wolverhampton Spark Young Writers for six stories, all set late on the same night at Wolverhampton train station. Lisa M. Billingham reads Eight Minutes by Dorothy Polgar. The 2348 train to Birmingham New Street from Platform 2 is delayed by eight minutes. This is due to signal failure. It's now expected at 23.56. Apologies for any inconvenience this causes. Eight minutes. Eight. Right. I could do something with that. I could do. I really could do. But I won't. Why would I? Why would anyone do anything with that? I can't exactly read another chapter in the bothersome company of flickering lights, nor make a call in the isolation of failing signal. For once I can somewhat understand why the youth of today never make anything of their moments. There is never good enough signal. Nothing is ever good enough. Not my eyesight, not those lights, not my appetite, nor my patience for not good enough service at train stations. For goodness sake, they never were so appallingly late. Ever. Not in my father's time, and certainly not in mine. No wonder I find myself ill-rehearsed at inventing trivial activities with which to spend such surplus time. Making a call. Now that I carefully think of it, would have been absurd anyway. There is no one, to my knowledge, lonesome enough to answer to spontaneous solitude at such an hour. There never has been anyone lonesome enough to answer my calls at all, now that I really come to contemplate the matter. I must be too quiet for their liking, too well-mannered, possibly even too well-dressed. Actually, definitely too well-dressed. I take every accusation of vanity with as much apathy as I do this moment, with class and confidence. They must really hate me for that. Though, as you say, never mind. It is seven minutes now. Seven. Okay, I could do something with that. Not the reading, nor the phone calls nor thinking up reasons why the world is too busy to find time for me. But something, something. I could fold my coat into two halves and sit myself on the bench next to that lady with folded arms, hands inside her pockets, body shaking. Shaking? For goodness sake, shaking. She must know that shaking doesn't make you any warmer. She's too old not to know and frankly, I'm too old to waste my following minutes reminding her. This, as it is most convenient, reminds me that I must remind myself never, never to remind anyone of anything again. It always, in my experience, ends somewhat like the following, an argument. And I love those too much to share them with some other person who obviously is always wrong.
rung like there's rugby or football or cricket or whatever the one with the ball and the two goals is called. Players are always shouting as though shouting will make a stranger achieve more. As it happens, I have never needed to shout much, for I have never found anyone worthy enough to shout at. This woman, as she comes to my attention again, is certainly not worthy of that honour. Her hand extends from her left pocket and she twists her wrist to reveal a silver watch of significant age. Six minutes. Six. And five minutes. Five. There is no will in me to watch time go by so fast. I look away. How could she do such a thing? How could she dare remind me? Terrible woman. But never mind. The point is that I have five minutes until the awfully delayed train arrives and I could and really should do something with that. I know that I should and I also am perfectly aware that I could, if I wanted to, shuffle my feet towards the cafe and pretend I'm surprised to find it closed. I could do that. What a thrill that would be to do that. But I won't. It is four minutes now anyway. Four. I must do something with that. I really must. A man is sleeping beside a handwritten sign, reading help. I must ask him what I can do for him in these four minutes. But four minutes to wake him, to ask him, to act. That is not enough time. It's three minutes now anyway. Three is certainly not enough. I must check if my tickets are still waiting inside the pockets of my handbag. I must somehow position them between my fingers in a way that neither the date, destination nor time can be seen. I must get that right, in case they check. Of course, they will not. They never have done. But these are precautions I must take. Two minutes. Two. One minute. One. I must be on time. I must stand ready. Approach the platform without memory of these eight minutes. Eight minutes I could have done so much with, but didn't. It wasn't in the diary anyway. No one will miss what never happened. If you see something that doesn't look right, speak to staff or text the British Transport Police on 61016. We'll sort it. See it, say it, sorted. Eight Minutes was written by Dorothy Bolgar and read by Lisa M. Billingham. <laughs>